You're listening to The Birdbath, presented by The Fountain Report. I'm your host, Ryan Leach. Welcome back to The Birdbath. Each week, we scrape the surface of the news you need to know, so let's get into it. Our top story is the grudge match surrounding the veterinary shortage. This week, our perennial challenger, Dr. Rena Carlson of the AVMA, is squaring up against veterinarian and economist Dr. James Lloyd with a new research paper published by Mars Animal Health. Before we get into it, let's start with the undisputed pieces here, and that's that there are more than 80,000 companion animal veterinarians in the United States today, and COVID has increased the strain on the veterinary industry through outpaced growth. Also, no one in this topic wants to see veterinarians replaced or removed from clinics or worse, burning out from practice. Finally, rural communities are underserved in veterinary medicine. I think that's where these two parties stop agreeing and start going to the real numbers. Now, Dr. Lloyd found that 97,000 veterinarians were needed to meet U.S. demand for pet health services in 2022 alone with an additional 30 to 40,000 veterinarians needed by 2030 to meet demand. Uh, Dr. Lloyd is anticipating a need for nearly 150,000 veterinarians in practice by the year 2030. Dr. Carlson adamantly disagrees with this. She firmly states that the number of companion animal veterinarians is projected to grow by more than 20% from 80,000 right now to approximately 98,000 by 2030. To support that, she cites the continuation of historical increases in class sizes and the addition of three new schools graduating their first classes in 2023, 2024, and 25. In a previous episode of The Birdbath, though, we quoted the dean at the Iowa State University College of Veterinary Medicine saying, at this point, we're pretty much capped out on our ability to grow because of facilities, classroom sizes, our training centers, our laboratories, and everything else. So unfortunately, the the data shows the class sizes has risen by an average of 2% a year for the last 30 years. That doesn't really jive with the numbers that Dr. Carlson is presenting here. Dr. Carlson does, though, continue that saying on top of that 20% growth, there are at least 10 new veterinarian schools in various stages of development. And at the same time, nationwide data shows decline in the number of clinical visits, new patients, and new clients. Dr. Lloyd counters that in his report, saying that pet health service spending is expected to increase 3 to 4% per year beyond inflation over the next 10 years. Mars's summary of their findings wrapped up with some actionable steps, if not a little light on the terms, saying Mars Veterinary Health, together with our family of veterinary practices, is helping tackle the shortage by building a bigger talent pipeline and strengthening career paths, innovating care delivery to reach more pets, let's talk about VCPR, right? Doubling down on supporting the health and well-being of veterinary professionals, I'd like to see some teeth around that, investing in equity, inclusion, and diversity initiatives, and offering student debt relief to associates, which is something that we hit on last week about Colorado and Kansas stepping up to do that as a state. Dr. Carlson wrapped up her article saying, as the profession works to overcome our workforce challenges, It is critically important that we fully evaluate the advantages and disadvantages of any proposal that will have long-term impacts on the delivery of veterinary medicine. Let's not misdiagnose a short-term problem and then treat it inappropriately. Let's identify the long-term solution, solutions that will not jeopardize quality medical care for animals or undermine public health. 
So Dr. Carlson, great topic there, great quotes. Uh, you know, I have to appreciate the scientific approach to not taking steps to change anything here, but I do really appreciate what Dr. Lloyd brought with some really well-supported, actionable, well-researched and highly researched statistics to support his claims around the growth that he's expecting to see and the shortage that still continues to be a hot topic of debate. Now, the day after Dr. Carlson's article was published by Today's Veterinary Business, the AVMA surprisingly released a list of 11 universities seeking to open veterinary colleges. So some of these universities have already secured site visits from the AVMA Council on Education, while others are just in the discussion stages. So we'll link the article to that in the show notes if you want to see where those schools are and, and maybe start looking at, uh, at future places to expand. This debate will continue to rage on, and our teams at the Birdbath and the Fountain Report will be here to keep you informed. In business growth, ABC Intelligence is entering the U.S. market. To kick off this U.S. expansion, they brought on Doug Brooks as COO. Doug, who personally I'm a huge fan of, brings in 30 years of experience working across the device, pharmaceutical, and corporate veterinary sectors. ABC's main offering is their Vet Genus platform, which utilizes AI to harmonize and enrich data sets. So think what you've seen with companies like we discussed, Vet Verify, Bitworks, Vet Data, or what we've seen called Vet Connect, but utilizing AI to begin doing some of that data normalization and not just using it to migrate data from one system to the other, but being able to use it, utilize it as a full interconnectivity between multiple systems. What I was most excited about while looking at their products and meeting with Doug to hear about this new opportunity that he's taken on was their research genus product. Now, the research genus side of things is something that I personally haven't dove too deep into in the veterinary field, and I'd love to hear if other people have different takes on this, but what they're looking at doing is utilizing this data normalization to allow practices to easily participate and do clinical trial matching. Uh, as well as patient product matching. So what they're taking is the opportunity here for the data to be fed, not just into their PIMS, but also utilize that data through normalization to allow it to participate in clinical studies so that these doctors all over the country are able to find some democratization around the data that's being used for clinical trials. It's a huge marketplace. It's something that not only is a great way for practices to be able to increase their revenue, to be able to bring new medicine to their practices, but I personally think that it's a neat way to be able to reduce some of those burnout triggers. A lot of veterinarians that we talked to got into practicing medicine and are most amped up about what they do when they're learning something new or trying something new. And it seems like the Research Genius product might be an opportunity for people to be able to do clinical trials and clinical studies at a smaller level within their practice without having to take on an extreme amount of work. Another vet group has a new equity investor. Good Vets received a strategic growth investment from General Atlantic, joining Sky Knight as investors on their team. Good Vets currently operates 22 care centers and has been rapidly expanding across the country. Now, as I did some more research into General Atlantic, who's their strategic growth investor, they've got $77 billion in assets under management, and they do have one other pet care investment with Village Pet Care, which is a board and a grooming consolidator. I have to give Village Pet Care some major credit because when you go on their site, you see the General Atlantic logo and information right there. 
it's unique and interesting for somebody not to be hiding where that capital is coming into the veterinary space. Now, on the negative side, I as I looked more into General Atlantic, I was a little taken back by the fact that Good Vets and Village Pet Care are listed under consumer as one of their sectors. They are sitting in there next to a taco chain, Chien, Tory Birch, and uh, a gymwear company, while their healthcare sector lists their investments into eye doctors, physical therapists, and human GPs. I personally would love to see them restructure this so that they can put their veterinary care in the same light that they're taking their human health care. Another partner in this deal is Sky Knight. Sky Knight does have a great reputation for their work with MedVet, and I'm really hoping that Sky Knight can guide General Atlantic better into the veterinary space to be a good steward for what we want to see. A story that I want to just sort of tease and maybe give you a little bit more about next week, though, is some new unionization. The National Veterinary Professional Union reported a ratification of the first collective bargaining agreement at All Creatures Animal Hospital in Bremerton, Washington. The practice is owned by one of the large corporate groups, Cara Veterinary Corp, and they put together a two-year agreement covering 23 employees, which gives them more paid time off and a policy regarding abusive clients. It's pretty neat to see that as part of the negotiation tactics because I think everyone's has been in a spot where they'd like to see a client be fired or removed, or at least a policy or plan in place to be able to adapt and control those. As we see more consolidation happening, it does get more and more difficult for people on the ground in the clinics to feel empowered to really take a stand against abusive clients. Liz Houston, who's the president for the National Veterinary Professionals Union, said, there is now a tiered wage system with clear processes for how workers can increase their pay, and most workers receive pay increases, some substantial. The workers there are represented by the International Longshore and Warehouse Union. Next week, we'll have Liz on the show to highlight some of the growth that we're seeing in unionization within the industry and what that's going to impact for future trends. Finally, in a couple weeks, be sure to join me for a live recording at the Veterinary Innovation Summit in Kansas City. October 9th to 11th, we'll be at VIS, along with many of your other favorite veterinary podcasts, doing live recordings. If you're looking to see what's new and next in the veterinary industry, do not miss the Veterinary Innovation Summit. If you've ever wanted to see behind the scenes what goes into making a podcast, also come and check it out. Or if you host your own podcast and want to be part of our podcasting zone and get on the schedule to be able to do some collaboration and share some unique ideas, send us a message on LinkedIn on the Birdbaths LinkedIn page or send me a message on my personal LinkedIn page. I'd love to hear from you, hear how you're enjoying the show and see what we could do together. For more on these stories and more, join us by subscribing to The Fountain Report. There's a link in the bio, and don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing and rating the show. For The Birdbath, I'm Ryan Leach. See you next week.